Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And we're back, Jeff. How we doing? Good, good, good. You ask me if I'm good, I'm, that'll be determined at a later time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, folks, if you are listening to us on the Uncommon Drive podcast right now on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you are, leave us a review, give us a rating, all that kind of good stuff. Or if you're really interested in seeing just how much uh, we have faces for radio, uh, <laughs> feel free to flip over to YouTube yeah. and just search Uncommon Drive. You'll find us there. Hello, everybody up there. And uh, we... Uh, uh, we have that there, so you can enjoy that as well. Uh, just trying to expand what we do a little bit to hopefully make resources available to you as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And, you know, Jeff, we've talked about a lot of different things over the past uh uh, going on two years now, which crazy. is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, you know, right. Yeah. when we started doing this thing, it's like, oh, let's be, you know, but... Uh, it, you're like, I got some microphones. <laughs> that's right. With these little <laughs> things that go in front of the microphones. I got a computer. Let's just do a podcast. And here we are. That's exactly right. And, you know, the only reason that we keep doing this is because there are people who are telling us that it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't do it because we just have all the time in the world uh, or things like that. We're definitely uh, not getting rich off of this. Uh, we're we're not quite covering the cost of just keeping it on the air. I was just going to say, are we going broke doing it? Because I need to know that. It's something so, you know, know, just like anything else, it's a, you know, it's, it's a hobby that, uh, that we invest in because mm-hmm. we think it hopefully is making a difference to some people that are out there and all. Uh, but one of the the ways that our listeners can help us the most is by sending us questions. And we've actually spent several different episodes just talking about some of those questions and trying to answer some of those questions and that kind of thing. I had a really interesting question that was sent in this week um, that I thought would be great for, for you to be able to answer for us, Jeff. And we've talked about it in some ways, but I thought just the directness of the question was good. When you come to the end of a season... Okay, so you just finished up your basketball season, worked mm-hmm. your last game last week. Yeah. Um, how do you evaluate the success or unsuccessfulness of your season when you get to? Because we we've talked all the way through. Hey, look, we can't evaluate till the end, right? Yeah, right, right, right. You got sixty games to start, but you got twenty at the end. That's mm-hmm. different. Or you had twenty games to start and you got sixty at the end. That's different. So how do you evaluate, you know, whether it was successful or unsuccessful when you get to the end of your season? Okay, this is a very good question. First thing I'm going to tell you is I can tell you how I don't evaluate it. Okay. I do not put my evaluations on my postseason assignments. Mm. I don't. Just It's just, it's nice to have, and sure. we've spoken before, it's just, they're just trophy case scenarios. But that my postseason assignment means nothing about my body of work. It means nothing about how many games I've done throughout the whole season. A lot of people put that in as like, well, if I don't get a postseason, then I must not be doing well. Mm. Um, we all should realize that there's so many people to pick from. And there's there's so many people that have had very successful seasons, just as successful as mine but have never gotten a postseason assignment. So why shouldn't that person get a postseason assignment? Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm concerned, if there's no difference between Jeff Cross and Chad Ozie, and Chad Ozie's never had a postseason, but Jeff Cross has, why shouldn't we put Chad Ozie on a postseason assignment? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't we do that? It's got nothing to do. So, and And I've said this 
you know, for the last 30 days, I guess we'll say, because I talked to so many people. Sure. We're spending a whole bunch of energy, a whole bunch of energy, over one or two more games. Mm-hmm. If you count, now I had a pretty decent postseason. I worked the Horizon Conference Tournament, Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, the Summit League Conference Tournament, and the WNIT. Mm-hmm. You know how many games that was? Two, three, four, five, six. It was six games. That's not even a small portion of what I do November through February. Yeah. And we're 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 staying up at night over six games, and that's that's a pretty successful. There's some people that are staying up overnight multiple nights for one game. Mm-hmm. For one, it doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like a big waste of energy. So that's what I do not do. I do not uh, judge my my post or my uh, season on the postseason. What I judge my season on a success is. Did I learn some things that I hadn't learned in the past? Did I get better at doing the things that I'm already good at? Um, I think, you know, I try to, to pride myself on rules, knowledge, and communication. But if I just accept that stagnant, I'm good at it and don't try to improve, in it, improve on it, I think I'm making a big mistake. So I'm, again, reading books or listening to books. You know, I'm getting in the rule book daily, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. This was the first year that I took all the quizzes without looking up any of the rules. Mm-hmm. Didn't look them up. I just did them. And I passed them all first attempt. I didn't get 100% on the first attempt. Went back and cleared up some some ones, some questions, and you know misread a word, whatever that is. But So that, that stretched me a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I didn't put... Because a lot of people you know, in my world... They think the only way they're going to have a chance to get to the postseason is if you get 100 on every all six quizzes. Sure. Well, they don't say that. They just say take them. That's all they say. Um, we put that in our own heads. So those are some things that I do for me that I think is imperative to judge a successful season. I don't judge it on how many clips I got. I don't judge it on how many technical fouls I had to give out. That's, that's not something I can control. Some people get very, very. I used to was one of those get sideways when I got a clip because it it hurts you, it's stung sure. a little bit. Yeah, we take it personally. Yeah, we do take it personally, but ultimately it's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We missed it, and in that five seconds we did miss. So that's kind of where I'm at. What about you? You know, for me, it's it's really simple, and part of it's because you know I'm not the level that you're at. You know, for you where you're at, if if something drastically happened to your uh, to your schedule for instance it, it would impact your family in a pretty significant way because mm-hmm. it's a primary source of your income mm-hmm. right um, even though mine is a primary source of my income it's not at those same numbers so like if I needed to go out tomorrow and like I, I, I could never work another college women's basketball game again let's say you know I had an injury I had a whatever I could never do that again I could go find a job that would pay me what I make. Mm-hmm. doing that you know mm-hmm. so so that's there um I, I don't have quite those same things attached to it i will tell you for me when i look back on it my question of was it successful was do i want to go back and do this again next year mm-hmm. that's good because if i want to go back and do this again next year that it it it, it answers a lot of questions for me mm-hmm. do i want to stay with my diet regimen well if i want to go back next year i do mm-hmm. right 
Do I want to get some off-season workouts ready to go? Well, if I want to go back next year, I do. Mm-hmm. Do I want to go spend money on camps? Well, if I want to go back next year, I do. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it answers all of those questions for me. Yeah. And for me, that's that's success. You know, if I'm still enjoying being out there with those people, you know, if I'm still enjoying the the quote big moment, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, my last game this year was a postseason game. Mm-hmm. It was a postseason championship game that at the junior college level is equivalent to the round of 32 at the NCAA level. Mm-hmm. Okay, because there's only 16 that make the national tournament. So sure. you got 32 teams going for those 16 spots. Um, packed out gym, mm-hmm. great atmosphere, awesome crew to work with, all those good things, right? Like that for me was a blast. But if my last game had been my last regular season game where I got to work with uh, Colin and Shanna and it was just a great game to go work. Mm -hmm. I would have been just as happy with that having been my last game as it was working that postseason game, you know? And for me, that's at this stage in my career, that's what it boils down to. Not, did I get more games from this assigner or less mm-hmm. games or whatever? Yeah. Because as an assigner, I just have a clear view of what that means. Maybe mm-hmm. it just means I wasn't available on the days they would have used me. That's right. Yep. Because this other assigner had already grabbed me on those six days. Yep. You know, so maybe I would have gotten 12 games from one assigner, but because mm-hmm. I wasn't available on six of the dates, I only got six. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean they liked me any less. Mm-hmm. It just means that the schedules didn't match up. That's right. Yeah, the home schedules, right? Where yeah. you live. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for me... For me, that's it. You know, do I want to go back and do it again next year? And for me, the answer is unequivocally yes, I do. I think that's a very good question. I would also add this question, you know, which right now it's just is my wife. Does my wife want me to go back and do it next year too? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where's my family at? My family situation, are, are they encouraging me to go back? Yeah. You know, because we have to be very in tune to what's going on. When we're gone for three yep. months, in your case, six months, if you include baseball. Sure. You know, so are, are how are they doing? Mm-hmm. Are they ready for that to slow down? So, um, and I've talked to officials. They're like, yeah, my wife would like for me to slow down. I mean, I think that's something we need to consider yeah. as as we come into starting another year. And um, I, I, I believe we have the opportunity to say, I don't want to go four hours to a game. Mm-hmm. I think we have that opportunity now. Sure. There is, we, we used to, I think there was a time. And I also believe if you're trying to get to the pinnacle, you don't have those, op- you don't have those options, but once you've established what, where you are in the game and whatever sport that is, and you figure out that, Hey, I just trying to be gone a couple nights, work a couple games there. According to are going to find a spot for you. Yeah, and I think your qualifying statement there was big, right? If if you're not advancing, mm-hmm. you know, or, or I'll even say significantly advancing, or even right? don't want to, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Then then putting those limitations on does not hurt you. That's right. I have lots of guys that work in my baseball conference who say, "Hey, if I have an open night and I can leave my work at two thirty or after, then." I'll be more than happy to work a game. Mm-hmm. Well, that means I can only put them on a 3.30 game mm-hmm. within 15 minutes of, of where they work. Yeah, right. Right? Mm-hmm. But guess what? If I have an opening for that, guess where I'm putting them? I, I may even shuffle people around right. 
so that I can do that because I'd love to have them work yep. in my conference whenever I can. And now they, they couldn't do that with their division one assigners. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. they, they can't do that. Uh, but they can for, for other things. And I think that's really helpful, you know, for me, because of my day job, uh, the only time I work Sundays is if I'm working a weekend series, mm -hmm. you know, and if I don't have a weekend series, then my Sunday's blocked off. Right. And I'll work Friday, I'll work Saturday, I'll do that kind of stuff. But my D3 assigners, they know I'm, I'm not going to go work a doubleheader on a Sunday. Right. Closed. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. I just, I can't do it. And, and they respect that. Like they mm -hmm. have, they have zero issue with that mm -hmm. whatsoever. So I, I think we really can. Nor, nor should they, I don't there. think. I mean, yeah. you know, we still are independent contractors and we yep. still have those opportunities to decide when we want to work and when we don't want to work. I mean, you called me the other yesterday, yep. uh, whatever it was to work a baseball game. And you know, I had planned to close it out to April 1st, yep. but I still have the opportunity to say no. That's right. You know what I mean? I still and have I a, wouldn't have thought right. anything other. I I can examine something. I can let's look at the weather first. That's right. I have 50, 60 degrees. Yep, I'm in. You know what I mean? Yep. Mix those my wife's working. My wife doesn't have anything going on, whatever that is. But um so we have those opportunities. And I think if we embrace those opportunities to say no when we really don't want to, the game becomes a little bit easier to go to. Sure. When you're when you're frustrated that you wanted to have Easter dinner with your family and Chad Ozzy calls and says, Hey, can you work this game for me? And you feel like you gotta say yes, well that's on you, dude. Yeah. It's not on Chad. It's on you who feels like you have to say yes. And what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You know, th there is something as a coordinator, when I have a guy that I know will go out of his way to make something work, mm -hmm. well, guess what? I'm going to go out of my way to make anything work for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a guy, I'm not sure if Aaron listens to the to the podcast or not, but I know his buddy Ben does, so Ben can let him know. But uh, Aaron, uh, I, I messaged Aaron and said, hey, could you, could you possibly cover this game for me? And he had some stuff going on. He said, he asked me a question about it. And I said, look, I, I would not be asking you if I wasn't like fairly desperate at mm -hmm. this moment, you know? And he responded back, you know, kind of making a joke. Well, you know, I can't say no to you, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, he can, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But the fact that he was willing to shift some things around to be able to do that for me. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So now when another assigner calls me and says, Hey, I need Aaron for this assignment. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the time I'm telling that person, absolutely give me a little bit to get it covered. Mm -hmm. Then you can have it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if they call asking for Aaron, right then, yep, take him. Mm -hmm. If if I have to leave a game uncovered so that he can get that better opportunity yeah. after what he does for me, mm -hmm. absolutely, man, go. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, I mean, if he calls me up, hey, you know, my my daughter's got something going on tonight. Could I could I be at a closer site tonight? You know, so I can get back for something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
I'll make that switch right now. Yeah. You know, because the appreciativeness of what's there, you know, it, it's it's big for me. Yeah. Well, I think that's how we should treat other people. Yeah. <laughs> Just how we should treat people. That's all there is to it. And we lose sight of that. And I think also we we feel this this as as a umpire and basketball official, non coordinator speaking. Mm-hmm. We feel obligated to say yes when the boss calls and says, "Can you work?" Mm-hmm. It's it's really no different. If I had a job at Subway and I was scheduled to be off, and the boss calls and says, "Hey, so and so called in sick. Can you work?" I feel obligated because that's who I am. Sure. But they also have to know that it's not your fault if I'm not available. That's right. It's it's just not. And we will sleep better at night knowing those things. Oh, yeah. There was another official that I had actually reached out to before Aaron. <clears throat> I said, hey, any possible way you could work this? And his first comment to me was, well, I'd love to, but I'm heading to Florida to go enjoy some sun. Mm-hmm. To which my immediate response was, well, enjoy it for both of us because we don't have any here, right? You know? Yeah. But, you know, like, I was thrilled mm-hmm. for him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want him to delay anything or, yeah. you know, I mean, it would have made a difference of him leaving, like, you know, three hours later than what he planned to leave. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But I didn't want him to have to do that. Right. Because I wouldn't want to have to do that. Yeah. If it was, you know, if it was my trip that was planned. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's a big deal. I, I really want to go back to, to what you said as we kind of bring this shorter episode here to a, to a close for you to have been successful, you needed to learn something that maybe you hadn't learned before. What'd you learn this last season that was new for you? I learned different techniques on a, how to handle pressure. Okay. Anyone that really stuck out to you? Yeah. So there's a couple things, right? Um, you know, I used to always talk about rubbing my, my wedding ring, you know, mm-hmm. that was kind of the way for me to kind of get back to center or whatever you want to call that. But And if you haven't heard that story, go back and look at when we talk about the MRS, the mistake yep. recovery strategy. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, and we even had some text back and forth about this, you know, pressure is a privilege, right? We have to understand when pressure is building. And we have to understand, I've talked about this in the podcast, about um, decision fatigue. Mm-hmm. We have to understand those things are happening. And we have to have something that's going to be in place to help reduce that 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 feeling of pressure and to help reduce that decision fatigue. And that is, it's real simple. It's two inhales through my nose, one exhale through my mouth. Okay. So that's it. That's exactly what that is. Okay. It's just, a, and that kind of helps get all the oxygen in your lungs again and, you know, focus on what you have at hand. Um, and the, uh, the other thing is, so your dominant hand, so I'm left-handed, mm-hmm. you take that hand and you just squeeze it three or four times. Like you're squeezing a stress ball, right? We do that yeah. all the time. But if you don't have a stress ball on the floor or on the field, so you just squeeze that three, four, five times and it helps relieve that pressure. Hmm. Yeah. These are things that I, that I did. Yeah. And it's just weird how... Now, granted, maybe it wasn't pressure, but I, I think, and maybe it was just me realizing that pressure is here. Yep. Because we don't want to, as, as the athlete, if we're in a pressure moment, we don't want to have the athlete on the on the field going, don't throw me the ball. I hope I don't come up to bat. We don't want that, right? We want that opportunity, 
But the reason they're so good at it is because they understand the pressure of the moment and they, you know, they prepared for that pressure of the moment so they can perform. So those are just a couple of things that I, that I've put into my, and now I didn't get a chance to implement those because I didn't read that book till probably, um, end of the, uh, 22 season or mm -hmm. tw 22 physical year and 23. So I started that right around conference time and it helped out a lot. It helped, it helped out a lot. And it helped out me understanding that I'm going to be in these moments mm -hmm. and it helped me recognize these moments were coming where in the past, I would say, I would understand that pressure was coming, but I may not realize it until it's too late. Then I'm slamming on the brakes, mm. swerving, trying to avoid the pressure, trying to handle the pressure, and it doesn't look as smooth. So, oh, I like that. And then as you head into your baseball season, you've been on the field once, going to mm -hmm. be on there again today, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. what's, what's one goal for your baseball season this year? Uh, well, I don't know. I think for me... Um, if, if I have to say one goal for my baseball season would be to have plate, you know, plate jobs mm -hmm. that were, where I felt just as comfortable as I did at, at the pinnacle of my career before, Ah, gotcha. you know, and, um, so even my game on Tuesday, I was on the bases but I was evaluating plate work, right? And mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, good tracking of the ball there. You know, I got to really be good, good position in the slot. So those are, so I, I would say when you're younger, at least for me, when I was younger and I was at the pinnacle of my career, I just, it just became very natural to what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. And I did, I wish I would have been thinking as much as I'm thinking now. Mm. I, I might have been different. I, I might have sure. turned out to be a different umpire. So, that, that's really what I would like to be is when I get, when I, you know, at the end of this baseball season, I'm like, man, really start to get into my groove on, on feeling as comfortable as possible behind the plate and seeing pitches really, really well. I'm not saying I'm going to be perfect back there. We all call ball strikes and strikes balls. We all do that. But to, to have that confidence to walk back there and go, okay, yep, I'm, you know, I'm ready for this, this one, two matchup in yeah. a conference tournament or whatever it is. So I think that would be a very good goal. I don't know if I'll reach it, but I, our goal, geez, oh, Pete, you got me saying it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, no. It's recorded. Oh, it's, it's even on video. Oh, man, oh, man. Oh. <laughs> that would be an opportunity of go. success for me if I was able to achieve that. I like that. And, you know, so I tie that back to then the original question was, mm -hmm. you know, when you get to the end of the season, you know, how, how do you define if it was successful? And whether you want to call them goals, whether you want to call them whatever, right? You know, mm -hmm. I think ultimately we're the only ones that can judge that. Yeah. For ourselves. And if we are putting some things out there that we'd like to see ourselves accomplish mm -hmm. and we see ourselves accomplish them, then it really doesn't matter how many games we got. It right. really doesn't matter if we got a conference tournament. It really doesn't matter if we work at a regional or super regional or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, man, did, did I accomplish what I set out to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, and I think that that goes over into our our everyday life, right? You know, well, why Why'd you go get that job? Well, I got that job because I wanted to be able to pay the bills for my family, mm. right? And the next year, you know what? I'd like to, 
I'd like to pick up enough extra that we could go on a neat vacation. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, yeah. well, that, that's my goal. Well, well, did I do that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I know it was hard, and mm-hmm. I know there were days that stunk to get up early and put in overtime or whatever, but, man, that year was a success because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. You know, well, what's what's your goal the next year? Well, my goal is to not have to work as much overtime, so I go to my kid's program at school. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's a great goal. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great, you know, thing to want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And that may not be what somebody else's goal is because their goal that year is to work more overtime yeah. so they can buy the new car or right. do Get whatever. Boat or whatever, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I think that's that's another piece of this when it comes to looking at whether or not we experience success is that we make sure that we're measuring that success by our own measuring tape Mm. rather than somebody else's. Because if you measured your season by my measuring tape, you could have a horrible season and still have a success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, right. Because of where you're at compared to me on the basketball court, Mm -hmm. by same token, if we flip positions in baseball, Mm -hmm. it would be the same thing. Right. And I also, if I measured myself by your measuring tape on the basketball court, there's no way I'd be a success. Hmm. I couldn't be. I, I can't have that kind of, you know, that kind of schedule right now. I can't have those kinds of opportunities. I have to measure myself by my own measuring tape. You have to measure yours by your own measuring tape. And uh, and eventually, you know, the hope is is that you know we're not found lacking when we when we come to that time. And I would also add that I think it's important to. To put those those uh, those benchmarks that you're that you're trying to achieve a lot further than you think. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think it helps us to go. Well, you know, I made uh, ten thousand dollars last year refereeing basketball, so I just like to make eleven next year. Eh, come on, mm-hmm. right? Let's let's really really try and push that. You know, um, I benched two hundred pounds last year. Next year, I want to bench two hundred one. Come on. You know, those are just, you're just toking, saying something that you're not going to really have to work for. And I, you know, I I think it's important that we do that. We make those, I don't want to say unobtainable, right? But we want to make them look very difficult to reach. So it takes some effort to get to. So instead of a trip to St. Louis, I'd like to play on a trip to Disney. Yeah. And, you know, you can look back at a, a couple other episodes we've done in the past. You know, we talked about this idea of the big audacious goal or the bag, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Weak, wildly yep. important goal. I there call you go, it either one of those, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, I, I think there's a benefit to setting this big audacious goal, mm-hmm. right? But then I need to have some attainable benchmarks. Then I'll use your word, mm-hmm. right? Some attainable benchmarks that help prepare propel me towards that big goal Mm -hmm. because if all I ever see is that big audacious goal out the end then when I feel like I'm not going to get there it's easy to give up we just had a conversation before we started recording about sometimes giving up's the easy thing to do yep right I can't I can't get all the way there so it's just easier to give up now Mm -hmm. well what you know if my if my goal was to make ten thousand dollars more than I did last year well what if my first goal is to make 2,500 more, mm-hmm. you know, it's not 500 more that I could do in my sleep, mm-hmm. you know, but okay. My, my, my big goal is to make 10,000 more, but my first benchmark I got to hit is 2,500. Mm-hmm. My second benchmark is 5,000 and my third benchmark is 7,500. And then there's that big audacious goal because sometimes when we can celebrate success, now it's easier to propel towards the next 
benchmark. Yep. You know, if you need to lose 50 pounds, I'm telling you right now that just having a goal of dropping 50 pounds, you're never going to do Not it. Not going to work. <laughs> right. Right? Yep. My, my goal is to lose 50 pounds, but I want to lose 10 of it in the next eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's attainable. Mm-hmm. You know, let's do that. Yep. Okay. Well, I need to lose the next 10 in the next 16 weeks because mm-hmm. it's going to come off slower. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. And then I want to lose the next 10 in the next 20 weeks. And you keep doing that. And now all of a sudden, a year and a half later, you realize you've lost 55 pounds because you yeah, ma- kept going and going and going. Yeah, imagine if you had set it at 50 and said, okay, I'll see. Well, because well, when you set it at 50, if we're talking about weight loss, by next year, you're like, well, I can lose 50. In a, I, can lose, I can lose 20 in, in a month. So yeah. I really don't need to start today. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And now that 50 that you needed to lose turns into 60 or 70 because you gained another 10 or 20. That's right. So have you heard of the rule of 100? I don't believe I have. So I heard this, and I know I'm going to butcher it. And whoever's listening out there, email us at the uncommon drive podcast at gmail.com if we're if you if i'm saying it incorrectly or correctly the rule of 100 is if you do anything for 100 hours okay within the year if you do it with do 100 hours of it within a year you will be at the top 95% of that in the whole universe so if I wanted to be a p- be a piano player, mm-hmm. and I practice at least a hundred hours in a year on my piano, I would be in the top ninety five percent of that. Hmm. Now they break it down to eighteen minutes a day. Okay. So whatever it is, you want to be a great communicator, and you work and reading books and 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 practice being a great communicator for eighteen minutes a day. For the whole year, a minimum of 18 minutes a day, you will be at the top 95% of that. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's called the rule of 100. And I know, but I I got the basic math down. So if we're, you know, we want to be good ball strike people, umpires, well, I need to work on it a minimum of 18 minutes a day to be able to be at the top 95% of that. That's because so many people just just think about that for a second. Let's just talk about ball strikes. If we look at the three hundred people that you have on your staff, we'll say, mm-hmm. and one person works eighteen minutes a day on their ball strike every day without fail, it's literally impossible for them not to be at the top. Of being a ball strike umpire compared to the person who goes, yeah, I've been umpiring for 20 years. Yeah. I've been calling ball strikes for 20 years. You know, no problem. I got it. That guy may be good, but he may not be at the top 95%. And also takes 18 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. It's very interesting. You have to check that out. You may hear more about that in the future. If there's other things you'd like to hear about from us, email us at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Amazon, YouTube, leave us some comments there. Do us a big help. Even if you're not a YouTube person, find us on YouTube and subscribe and uh, like the video. That helps us uh, as we attempt to uh, reach more people. The more people uh, that are subscribed, the more places it gets pushed. So that would be an awesome help. If it doesn't get shared a hundred times, I'm not not doing it.
That's awesome stuff. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for hanging with us. Be uncommon as you pursue life, legacy, and your leadership uh, with those around you. Talk to y'all later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.